Hello and welcome to This Week at Charlestown Road, a branch of the Heavenbound Podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Schaus, and this is where we reflect on the weekend that was. We dig a little deeper into a recent sermon to give you something to think about as this week unfolds and preview what's to come this next weekend at Charlestown Road. Roger, you were in part two of a series asking, Can I Know? This past Sunday, that series is freely available at charlestownroad.org and in our podcast feed. A couple of weeks ago, you asked the really important question, can I know I'm saved this past Sunday can I know what's right? Yeah, and that that is exclusive to uh, following God. We have to know what's right, and that's what the Bible's all about. And uh, as we walk through the sermon, we just found that there's a lot of people today, a majority of people, who do not believe in an absolute standard outside of themselves. Seventy uh, percent believe that there's no absolute standard, and so nothing is always wrong. And nothing is always right. Right sometimes can be wrong, and wrong sometimes can be right. And the the determining matter of that is this person or their self, their feelings. And so we just kind of focused in on one passage, John chapter 8, where Jesus said in verse 32, you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. First of all, that there is a truth, and that's established by God. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. From that, we just easily move back to that passage where you can know it. It's not something that's ambiguous. It's not hidden. It's not, you know, come out and find me if you can. God has revealed what truth is. And then that truth has an impact upon us. It changes us. It will make you free. And and so that's the concept we need to see. We live in a world of people just not knowing. I, I, I just don't want to say this is right. I don't want to say this is wrong. God can do that. And God's people need to do that. And so that's kind of was the heart of that lesson. Yes, I can know what is right. Yes, and many aspects of that that we could dive into. I would absolutely encourage all of our listeners, if they haven't already, to go back and listen to that carefully. Such an important thing for people who are just getting to know God, just getting to know Jesus and how Jesus taught, but also for those of us as disciples of Jesus who need to be reminded of the the loving boldness that we ought to have, right? We are not free to be obnoxious with the truth over and over again in a wide variety of ways. The New Testament teaches us to speak the truth in love, but we need to be unashamed as Paul was in Romans 1.16. I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to all who believe, Jew and Greek, right? But it is the truth that we need to believe and build our lives upon. Lots of ways we could go. I'd love, Roger, just to zero in on a small segment of the sermon where you highlighted five characteristics of truth. And I'm guessing as someone is mowing the grass, maybe for the last time this year, we'll see what the rain does. Um, for someone who is on the way to school, maybe we've got a couple of teenagers in a car and we're talking to them. We're talking to a, a mom who is doing various chores around the house 
these are just as relevant as can be for 2023. You highlighted truth is absolute, defined, exclusive, singular, and intolerant. Now, those are some loaded terms that might raise some eyebrows. So let's talk our way through it. What do you mean when you say truth is absolute? I think another way to say it is truth is exact. It's not ambiguous. It's not fuzzy. It's not, it could be this or it could be that. It is absolute and, and stands upon a standard. Now, the standard in, in when we talk about God is his word. He says it, and that is it. Uh, in the book of Revelation, he tells us not to add to it or take it away. Galatians were told not to preach another gospel than what they had been preached to. So th- this is absolute. And and the point I was trying to make also by other illustrations in that lesson was that we understand that in everyday life in other areas. We know a dollar bill is a dollar bill. A five is a five, a ten is a ten. Those are, those are exact absolute numbers. Uh, someone doing their homework, their arithmetic, one plus one equals two. That's very absolute. It's not be, it could be two or some days it could be a three. No, there, there's an absolute exact answer. And so when it comes to righteousness, when it comes to marriage, when it comes to holiness, when it comes to worship, there is an absolute that God has declared. That's what truth is. I'm guessing that you didn't go to lunch like you were talking in your sermon and try and give a cashier a $1 bill and pass it off as a 10. No, no, no. no. <laughs> but it was a good illustration, right? You you held up a variety of different bills of U.S. currency and said, listen, we can all understand this. Nobody's going to go to lunch and do this. Why? Because those things have absolute value that has been defined. And that was your second word. Truth is defined. And and defined simply means it's determined. It and and the question is who determines it? Is it the will of the people? Is it the church? Is it myself? Or as we look in scriptures, it is God. God determines what is right and what is wrong. And so we we look at the Bible and say, well, why are some lifestyles wrong? God has declared that. Why are some things pleasing to God? He has declared that or defined that. And so right and wrong or truth has been defined by God. It's not something that changes through the years. You know, there's lots of laws that change through the years. Speed limits have changed through the years. We we see tax laws change every year. There's lots of things change. Even in sports, the rules change every year, it seems like. But when it comes to God's word, it is it is exact, it is absolute, and it is defined. Here is what God wants us to do. All right. Number three, truth is exclusive. And that is the sort of thing maybe that some would say, well, now you're crossing a line into just being impolite or politically incorrect. What's it mean that truth is exclusive? Well, and I'd add words like you're being narrow-minded, you, you know, you're... You're not open to other ideas. But again, we're not writing the Bible. We're not setting forth policy. That's up to God. A lot of folks today look at the church and look at the, look at what we should be doing as a democracy. And a democracy is wrapped around the idea of the will of the people. What most people want, that becomes law. So if most people want, and you just fill in the blank, whatever that is, then that's the way it should be. When it comes to 
spiritual things. It's a theocracy. God rules. And so God doesn't really ask our permission. He doesn't say, well, how do you feel about this this rule? How do you feel about this law? How do you feel about this command? God doesn't say that. Uh, when you go through the Ten Commandments, the very first commandments, no other God. That's pretty exclusive. Uh, why can't I have another one? Because God has declared. And so, again, that's the nature of truth. If it's right, there may be a thousand wrong answers, but there's one right answer. And that's the concept. Yeah, I think it's powerful to put these words in this order. If truth is absolute and defined by someone other than us as human beings, then who are we to say, well, Truth needs to be more inclusive, right? I I feel like this is excluding this person or this lifestyle or these choices. The problem is none of us has the right to define it. It has already been defined. It is up to us to submit to what has been defined, even if we have to leave what we would like, our preferences, our desires at the door. Truth is absolute, defined, exclusive. Then you took us to singular. Singular, one answer. Again, that's that idea. In, in Romans 13, one of the verses we use in this study, of Romans 13, verse 1, every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Person may say, well, the government has, has authority. It was given to it by God. Parents have an authority. It was given to them by God. All authority rests in God because he is the creator. He is the holy one. He is the Lord of heaven and earth. And so when we look at that, God declares what it's going to be. And his answer is singular. He doesn't say, uh, which, way do you like to worship? You, you can worship this way or you can worship that way. You know, years ago, Burger King used to have this little slogan, have it your way at Burger King. Well, it doesn't work that way with God. Yeah. Uh, now their slogan is you rule. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, and that's where we've gone to in our yeah. culture. You know, it's up to me. Uh, I don't like this, so I'm not going to do this. Well, that's, that's not the nature of the Bible. So when a person understands God and understands his authority, he realizes that we're not on the same level with God. Well, you know, th- this is not an open discussion where we say, well, God, I want to counterpoint what you just said. It doesn't happen that way. And so truth becomes singular in that nature. Yeah, you took us back to Ephesians 4. What a great example of singular. There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. All right. Truth is absolute, defined, exclusive, singular. And then, Roger, you took us to one of the most offensive words in the 21st century and in modern Western culture. You suggested to us truth is intolerant. Now, that sounds like you are treading on dangerous ground. Yeah, just pick, <laughs> just pick up a rock. <laughs> All right, and it is. It is intolerant. Um, we look at passages like Galatians chapter one, where we just mentioned, where Paul said, "If you hear, you know, if we, if somebody preaches to you anything different than what we preach to them, let him be accursed." 
We need to see when you, when you go through that New Testament and you really understand what Jesus was saying and then what the apostles were saying, anything different than the Bible is wrong. And, and, and we cannot get that way in our society. Our society when they say, well, I see how they did it back then, but I see nothing wrong with doing this. Or I don't see how, what, what would be wrong with doing this. What would be wrong is it's not from the Bible. Unless it's from the Bible, we need to see that we're all of a sudden making the rules. Paul would say, Philippians 4, verse 9, the things you've learned and seen and heard in me, practice these things. And so God's not interested in, in someone being unique, being different, one of a kind. No one has ever done this before. That's not what God's interested in. What he's interested in is follow the leader, and the leader is Jesus. And so by that very nature, okay, truth becomes in tolerant. Why can't I love God and love another God? Why can't I say, I don't want to do it the Bible way. I want to do it my way and still go to heaven because you're not the Lord. Truth won't allow that. John chapter 14, verse six sure does seem like a perfect summary of these five characteristics of truth. These are words of Jesus who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Roger, we cannot be faithful disciples of Jesus if we don't recognize how absolute, defined, exclusive, singular, and intolerant just that statement is. Absolutely. And and you'll notice Jesus did not say, I am a truth. I'm one way of truth. I am the truth. And that makes it just those five things we just said. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Such a, a basic question, a basic series, but something that simply cannot be taken for granted by any of us in the 21st century. Parents and grandparents, you need to make sure that your children are learning from the Bible how to answer these questions. Can I know that I'm saved? Can I know what is right? Let's know not take for granted just how important those basic questions are. Roger, we really appreciate you serving us by using God's word to answer those questions. Again, both of those sermons, parts one and two of this little series, freely available at charlestownroad.org. It is Wednesday. Roger, you're going to be wrapping up with the very end, as hard as it is to believe, of our summer quarter. You're going to be teaching in the Yes, and for September, we've been going through questions that have been submitted to us. And so we're going to wrap this up by looking at just a few more questions, kind of odds and ends here and there, but but just kind of kind of putting a little bow on this series about questions, and then we'll be launching a new series after that. All right. In our Building Blocks track of studies, we've been exploring in the month of September, what are angels. And we started out by noticing their created spirit servants of God. We looked at some angel activity in the Old Testament, angel activity in the New Testament. This evening, we're going to wrap it all up by focusing on four big realities that we need to see about angels, about God, and about ourselves. We would love to have you join us this evening at 7 o'clock p.m. I've got the privilege of preaching this coming Sunday. A couple of Sunday mornings ago, 
I followed our daily Bible reading schedule into Revelation. We looked at Revelation 4 and 5, and we talked about what happens to our prayers. Where does prayer end? Lord willing, this Sunday, we're going to go back to Revelation, and this time, chapter 12. It is one of the just most fascinating chapters to me in all of the book of Revelation, in in all of the Bible, really. We're going to notice how it talks to us about a child, a dragon, war in heaven, and war on earth. What it all means and what it means for us today. That is this Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Roger, what about 5 o'clock p.m.? Well, we're going to continue our series, Can I Know? We've talked about can I know I'm saved? Can I know what is right? Now we're going to talk about can I know how to worship God? And just, again, look at some things that the Bible teaches, important topic, and we need to see how valuable that is for us. Roger, thanks for joining me today. Thanks to all of you for listening to This Week at Charlestown Road. It would be great to see you at 7 o'clock p.m. this evening. We're already looking forward to Sunday, the best day of the week, and we would love to have you come and grow with us.